1: I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This speaker works. Let's go.
0: On this episode of the Heat Check, it's unfortunate and it's sad because I love the drama, but unfortunately Kevin Durant has changed his mind. He's going back to Brooklyn. He is committed to winning a franchise uh, championship with this franchise, at least for now. Do I think it's the end? (laughs) Come on, stop it. So we break down this news. We look into Golden State's latest diamond in the rough, Patrick Baldwin Jr. We break down LeBron James' new contract, what that means for his future. Look at the impact of Chet Holmgren's injuries that might have on pro-ams. And of course, discuss the shady, shady moves that the Chicago Bulls just made. So do me a favor, and Brock, drop that beat. About you but i'm disappointed i'm disappointed in what could have been it's like when you see that smoke show at the bar and you're like yeah your friends tell you they seem great you meet them and then you're just like mm, it's just not it's just not gonna it's just not gonna work all that excitement all that anticipation just to lead to a goddamn zero just nothing just nothingness You've wasted our summer, KD. God damn it. I've been waiting and hoping and wishing for a trade to go down, and now you're running it back with Ben Simmons at the five. Nets have somehow convinced Kevin Durant to stick around in Brooklyn after he was 10 toes down on this trade request. No, Josiah, I won out. No idea what was said, no idea what kind of bargain was struck. But they were, he was assuaged for sure. He was a swash. The one thing that we know, the trade request has, at this point, been rescinded. And he is, and they are, quote, willing to move forward with their partnership with one goal in mind, to bring a championship to Brooklyn. If you're saying to yourself, yawn, if you're bored by this, if you think it was better when we had all of this KD trade rumors, every single team under the land, I've got news for you. You think this is over? No, shut If you think that it's just all rainbows and roses and carrots and peas, no, no. Come on. We've got some of the most problematic, chaotic players on one roster, under one roof, playing for one of the least experienced coaches in all of basketball. You think this is going to just calm down? Stop it. This is what happened. Okay, this is the analogy that I have. So it's like when a guy and a girl have been living together and they're supposed to be doing this for the long term. All of a sudden the guy says, hey, I don't want to be with you anymore. I don't want to be in a relationship, period, anymore. I know that we've had no problems. I know we have one hiccup. And the girl's like, no, no, it's not fair to the relationship and what we've built. You have to try to make this work. Come on, let's stick to it. Just give me like one more year. Our lease is up. Our lease is up next summer. Let's have this conversation maybe in May. And they begrudgingly agree. Do you think that he really still wants to be with you after you basically forced him into staying together for respecting what you guys have built? No, it's just one hiccup, I promise. He told Annette, listen, the only way I'm going to stop, the only way I'll stay with you is if you stop hanging out with all your friends and you disavow your entire family. And she was like, not going to do that, but I still think we should stay together. He has not changed his mind. Oh baby, come on. Think about the guys on this team. Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, just chit chatting in in Kevin Durant's ears. These are two guys that are steadfast and they're in their decisions, Kyrie Irving, he was not getting vaccinated. Oh baby, was not happening no matter what. No matter if James Harden forced his way out, Kyrie wasn't changing his mind. Ben Simmons, I'm out. I'm not playing another fucking game for these Sixers. KD in this situation is the rational one. They're going to be egging him on, bro. You should you should do what's best for you, bro. Like I know you I know you love basketball, but maybe you don't have to come in 3 hours early like usual. The seeds of dissension are here. They are growing. They are not squashed. And if you're a Joe Psy and you think that it's just all good now, listen, it's not. It's not. Drama follows Kyrie wherever he goes. From Boston, Cleveland, now here in Brooklyn. Like, he's a revolutionary in his mind. He's not going to let anything go, slide. Ben Simmons, like I said, he's firm in his beliefs. Like, if you think that these three aren't going to have troubles and perils between them, let alone against the organization, they could stage a coup. These are KD's consigliaries. These are his advice givers. And I tell you what, they're not nearly as reasonable as Kevin. The relationship to me is too fractured. There is no coming back. Kevin has four years left on his contract. You think he's going to – there is no shot he remains as a net through duration of this contract. Too many things have been done. Too many things have been said. So how do we get to the point where Kevin Durant said, yeah, fuck it. I'll just come back. He has no leverage. There's no leverage, baby. Baby, you want to go. And every time you tell the world you're steadfast and going, it brings your price down. Our price remains here. And we get further and further from moving you. So just help us out and stay committed to the franchise at least a little bit so that we can move your ass. Please let us fleece the rest of the league. Right? We've got, who is to blame? It's a move that was, it shut the whole league down. This move, it stopped the entire NBA in its tracks. Trade stopped moving completely to a standstill. It was about as, it was about as chaotic and as dramatic as the first player to get COVID in the NBA. So, of course, the person to blame for this blunder, yet again, is Rudy Gobert. It's Rudy Gobert again, like always. If Minnesota didn't overpay for Rudy Gobert, five first-round picks, a bunch of young players, if that deal doesn't get done, Kevin Durant is a Phoenix Sun. If that deal doesn't get done, Kevin Durant is trying poutine out in Toronto. If that deal doesn't get done, Kevin Durant is like, I'm Benito, I'm, me, I'm me. He is loving life, drinking mojitos in little Havana right now. Like, that is what stopped this deal. Don't sleep because the rest of the league looked at that deal and were like, oh, well, if Rudy Gobert commands that, then, man, Kevin Durant's got it. I don't even know what that deal looks like. 10 first round picks? And an all NBA player or two all stars. Like, nobody has that king's ransom. And so, of course, after this KD news dropped, Patrick Beverly, another guy who is known for being a shitster, sowing dissension, decided to take his frustrations out on Twitter on Kevin Durant. He said, y'all can sit and don't say nothing, but that ain't cool. It's dudes with families out here who haven't got a job because of this KD shit. And to be on and off ain't cool. Blessing, gang. That is unnecessary on Twitter. (laughs) That is really a lot there. Kevin Durant, of course, quote tweeted it. Had some fun. Hashtag blame KD. Blame KD for everything. Blame KD. I think he also tweeted something today and said, shout out to the tough guys who always take the tough road. It's just like Kevin Durant is like, yeah, I want to leave a bad situation. In terms of the aftermath, Brooklyn Nets are currently one of the top four favorites to win it all. You got KD, you got Kyrie, you got Ben Simmons, who might play five, who is quote unquote going to be unlocked. I hope his back is unlocked. Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, T.J. Warren. I hope his foot's okay. He has not played a game since the bubble. I don't know what that. T- I mean, Kevin. Bas- basically, Ben Simmons hasn't played a game since the bubble either, and he didn't even play in the bubble. I'm here to tell you, no shot. This team wins the title. None. Don't don't spend your money on this measly little plus seven hundred bet. No shot. The hodgepodge, the gumbo pot of drama that this team is, no fucking way. No fucking way. Ask anyone, if you have access to anyone who's ever won a title, ask them. Everybody who's ever won one says the number one ingredient is not talent. It's not a roster of guys who compliment one another. It's chemistry. It's camaraderie. Do you think this team has camaraderie? Do you think this team has chemistry unless they are in a full-blown anti-establishment coup against the Brooklyn Nets where they're winning a title just to say, fuck you to the Brooklyn Nets? I don't think there's anything that coalesces and and congeals this team to win a title. Imagine when shit gets hard in January. What what are they about to do? They're going to turn towards each other? You think they're going to turn towards each other? Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons are going to be like, let's lock in, bro. Let's lock in. No shots. Too much stuff has happened. Kyrie and the vaccinations. Kyrie and the walkabout with Cynthia Nixon, former Sex in the City star, on Zoom calls to try to get her elected. You've got Kyrie going on walkabout to his sister's birthday party. You've got the James Harden trade. you got the second James Harden trade. You have the Kevin Durant injury. You have the Ben Simmons situation. <sighs> I'm exhausted by this. You've got Kyrie and KD going on podcasts saying that they don't have a coach of the team. You've got, obviously, Kevin Durant saying, fuck these two guys. Fire them. I hate Steve Nash. I hate Sean Marks. I'm not staying unless they get fired. You fired my best friend and coach, who's my trainer. There is no shot. And if you're Steve Nash, <laughs> that's awkward. This is an awkward thing from start to finish. The the star player who you used to be called Yoda. He used to call you his Yoda, wanted you to lose your job. And now you have to coach that guy. And you have to also expect him to listen. He's already not listening. They tune him out already on the sidelines. It is going to be so spicy. This is almost better than a trade. It's a cold war now, baby. There's nothing better than a cold war inside the NBA where everyone's watching, everyone's dissecting. You're listening to every presser when they throw shade at Steve Nash when there's a bad rotation, or they throw shade at Sean Marks when they ask, just like they asked LeBron last year. They're like, do you think this – and it's going to happen all the time. Do you think this roster is good enough to win an NBA title? Do you think you have enough right now to go against the likes of Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday? Do you think you have enough right now to beat Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Do you think you have enough right now to beat Steph and Clay and Draymond and the whole rest of the league? Do you have enough right now? And if they say no, that's a direct correlation, a direct shot to what Sean Marks has not achieved. You gave up Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, multiple first-round picks to get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond. That was the deal. So (laughs) this year is going to be amazing. I cannot wait. I And LeBron, when he said all that, he was committed to the Lakers. We'll talk about his contract a little bit later. You have all of this while you know someone actively wanted out but had no leverage so they were like, ah, we're in this lease anyway. I don't want to move my couch. And it's hard to move. Like I'm, I kind of like that plant. I don't know if my next apartment's gonna get this much natural light. That fig f- fiddle leaf looks good in that spot. I don't really want to fuck with it right now. Maybe until I find just the right apartment, I'll stay here. We can sleep in separate bedrooms. It's no problem. But I'm not watching Love Island with you at night. I'm done. This is far from over. All that to say, this is far from over. It's only getting worse. It's—I mean—we're only better for us. In the meantime, look for trades that are now going to be flooding in. The Patrick Beverly trades of the world. There's no way he's a Utah Jazz for long. Patrick Beverly, like I said, Dennis Schroeder, Donovan Mitchell, I'm sure that will happen at some point soon. Julius Randle is in the mix. Russell Westbrook is in the mix. Spicy, spicy, spicy. And Brooklyn, for the time being, is now, quote-unquote, free agent destination all over again. You've got uh, Keith Morris talking about going to the Nets. You've got Carmelo Anthony. You can't do that, Carmelo. After the New York Knicks video that they made for you, or you were going home, like, what are you going to do? In another borough, you're going to have a different song for you coming back to New York? That, you can't do that. That's disrespectful. And as much as I'd like to have the biggest trade go down in history, another year of As Brooklyn Turns, the soap opera, for a third straight year, something we can't even predict will happen I just can't even imagine. I can't wait. And I think that's even more satisfying.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: In our weekly Lakers news, we mentioned LeBron James in the last segment. LeBron sort of shocked the world by signing a two-year, $97.1 million extension with the Lakers that will keep him in Los Angeles until at least 2024. The funniest thing to me is not about the contract. It's not the fact that he couldn't get more money because he was too old and dusty, even though he's still elite. He apparently signed it literally seconds after the NBA schedule was released. Who do you know in the NBA who is more of an attention hoe than LeBron James? Like, no one. Does anyone care about stealing the moment? More than LeBron. I love LeBron. Of course. I want to say that because people are going to be saying I'm a hater. Oh, Tristie, you hate LeBron, everything that he does. You criticize because you hate the Lakers. And I do hate the Lakers. It's true. I want them to fail. I hate everything they stand for. They're a shitty franchise. As a Portland Trailblazer, they rip my heart out. So, yeah, I revel in their failure. But this man is planning his, imagine, he's like at a, little bougie L.A. coffee shop with his calendar out planning when he can co-opt our moment. Like, okay, first take, I know you thought you were going to dissect the Memphis Grizzlies, how many national televised games they have. No, sir, it's LeBron time. LeBron is stealing your A block. He is coming to destroy your life. And you know what? It's time for you to talk about me, what this means for LeBron Jr., what this means for the Lakers, what this means for Clutch, how much money I just made, how impactful that is, what that means for Russell Westbrook's future. No. Taco Tuesday is LeBron day. Every single time. And so to me, also, think about this. I was doing a little quick math about the schedule Also, first time you can commit to college, last date you can commit to college, and this is what I predict. When the Lakers inevitably miss the playoffs, which they will because they're a bad team, and they're not getting Kyrie Irving now. We know that for a fact. And there's like a killer game seven coming up. You're going to see LeBron James tweet something about that game, and then the very following tweet is going to be like, big eye emoji, at Bronny James, head to his IG story. Follow for uh, an important announcement about where Bronny James is going to be attending college. And then Bronny James is going to be like, what's up, y'all? It's Bronny James. Uh, thanks so much for joining in. Uh, totally random thought just crossed my mind. I've uh, been thinking about this for a while now, but I was watching Jason Tatum. I love Jason Tatum. been a big Jason Tatum fan my whole life. And uh, I just think there's just something about those Blue Devils. Puts on the Blue Devils hat and he's like, so I'd like to announce I am committing to Duke. Back to your regularly scheduled program. Go watch the rest of the NBA Finals, Game 7. Also, follow me at Bronny James. Also, I have a blue and white LeBron James shoe <laughs> that I put out. <laughs> Go to Sneaker App for more of this exclusive release. It's like, wait, hold on. Did he just have that shoe? Where would that shoe come from? I thought you said you just thought of this. You literally have a whole marketing campaign around a Duke shoe that you dropped in the middle of halftime of Game 7. That's them. That is them. That's how I know all of those rumors about Bronny James going to Oregon. Like 24-7? You think 24-7 is going to get the inside scoop on where Bronny James is going to school? No, it's going to be like that. He's announcing it. No one else is getting that news. Oh, my God. No shot. If you read the fine print also, LeBron's going to have a player option for the 2024-2025 season, which also just so happens to be the year that Bronny James is expected to be drafted. Shocking. Shocking stuff. I know.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy
0: So the schedule just came out, like I said. That was the day that LeBron James decided he was going to announce his contract, and uh, just randomly. And uh, we talked about this last week, and because of the 9-1 fiasco last year where I um, incorrectly forecasted what the Warriors would do, um, I was asked by Warriors Reddit and Warriors Twitter whether I would do that prediction again, so I did. So I was looking through the schedule, I think they're going to go 10-0. and 0. I think they're going to go 9-1, 10-0. They play Miami. They play Denver. They play Phoenix. And, of course, they play Sacramento, which will probably be their toughest test. I know. They have a lot of hype around Sacramento. So I think that's the case. But then a lot of people are like, okay, well, they lost Gary Payton second. They lost Otto Porter, a huge role player there. They're... They lost Bialicha to overseas. They are still getting Wiseman back into the fold. They still need more consistency for Kaminga. It doesn't seem like Kaminga really has his head on straight. But then it's moves like this that make me confident in the Warriors moving forward to their, to their commitment to continue to find uncut jobs and turn them into certified dudes. Every year, the Warriors find value in the draft, and every year— We dummies are shocked when they do. So the person that's going to shock us, my prediction, is Patrick Baldwin Jr. this year. If you don't know his story, he's fascinating. At one point, Patrick Baldwin Jr. was a lock for the lottery. He was supposed to be that guy. He had offers from every D1 school under the sun. Everyone was salivating over him. He decides to turn down Duke and instead choose to play for his dad at UW-Milwaukee to rebuild their program. He's a 6 I mean, stupid, very noble, but stupid. Uh, but in this case, might actually work out, work out in the long term for him. 6'9", 230, forward. He has NBA moves at 17 years old. He had a train wreck. I mean, he went to UW-Milwaukee, and he was trying to rebuild his team for his father to keep his job. So you knew it was going to be a mess, but it was even more of a mess. He sprained his ankle, never really recovered from that. He got COVID, COVID, and he performed below expectations, never really came back with any real force. Then he was sent into free fall, and the pre-draft process looked horrible, and he sunk all the way to the bottom of the first round. At Summer League, I said, oh, it's crazy. You know, I was talking to, I want to say, somebody from the Warriors organization. I was like, oh, yeah, Patrick Baldwin Jr., one hell of a pickup. Kind of sad that he didn't go to Duke or one of these D1 programs. I think we could have seen how good he could be. And they go, not sad for us. <laughs> it's, he probably wouldn't have been there for us if he would have gone to Duke. Uh, so right into the soft hands of Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors, Patrick Baldwin goes. Insert DJ Khaled. Another one. Yeah, it is. It's my, I'm going to call him PB&J, that's what he's going to be known as. Just wait for the Welch's grape juice, Welch's pb j Uncrustable ad. But what we know is that Golden State is one of the few franchises who has the MO to invest in a player that they believe that they can contribute even though it's not right away. Like, listen, the best example of that, people are going to hate me for this, but, like, James Wiseman played three games for Memphis. Like, we know he wasn't ready. He was literally seven feet tall in high school just dominating dudes based on his athleticism and his size. He doesn't know how to play basketball, this guy. He's going to the Warrior system, one of the most complex offenses and defensive coverage type systems. We knew he was going to be a deer in headlights. They knew. If I can see it, these smarties can see it too. And they were like, we don't care. His upside's too good. We have to just take him at number two overall, even though he's played a total of three games for Penny Hardaway. And they're like, yeah. Project that's fine with us so patrick baldwin jr is even much less of a project than james wiseman so how the hell does a team that wins a championship still manage to get a lottery quality pick that's what golden state does and they rarely miss they apparently love patrick baldwin jr and from what he's already learning about the Golden State way, he might actually end up being the steal of the draft. That is my prediction. People are going to be talking about him, not this year, this season, maybe the following season as a breakout player of the year. There was an, a recent article from an NBC Bay Area writer where Dalton Johnson goes in deep dive into what Baldwin has already learned from Golden State in his short time there. First of all, the Warriors in the pre-draft meeting were floored by how much film Patrick Baldwin Jr. watches. And if you're a casual fan, what you may or may not know is college players, they don't watch film. They don't watch any film. They, they don't. That's, that's not even what they really do in terms of their responsibilities as a player for a D1 team. It just doesn't really happen. So he says this, Baldwin, as you know, the game has changed a lot. So I like to watch Kevin Durant, I like to watch Chris Middleton, I like to watch Jason Tatum, but I'm also watching Otto Porter, Michael Porter Jr., guys that I think have roles that, that I could fill someday. And it's just important for me to be multifaceted and learn from everyone. You can just almost feel Steve Kerr going from 6 to 12 on this quote, right? Like You're just like, I love this guy willingness to just be a role player six nine two-way guy be able to just like get dirty and gritty like these are the golden state players that they find the fact they found Otto porter who by the way was a max player who took a veteran minimum to play for a championship team and then head back to toronto this is what they do they find guys that fit the system fit the mentality fit the body type and then they just win. They just plug them and play them in. <laughs> like, Otto Porter who was a Swiss Army knife, helped them win this chip, and that is the guy that probably Baldwin is going to be replacing. D- did I also mention he's 19 years old only? Might not even be done growing. He's already almost 6'10", 7'2", wingspan. And although his shot is, people are shady about his shot, but people are shady about Jordan Poole's shot, too. And his KD-like release point might be unguardable, unblockable. So if anyone could fix his shot, who do you think it is? Steph Curry, maybe? People who train with Steph? Golden State? You don't think they could, like, solve that? Remember, just like Baldwin, Looney, Poole, both late first-round picks, also considered projects. Now they are elite starters, cornerstones of the Warriors' future. In Baldwin's own own words, This is how little concerned they were with Baldwin's subpar 27% three-pointing shooting percentage at UW-Milwaukee. He was like, yeah, they're just trying to tap back into that movement shooting that I wasn't required to do at Milwaukee. You talk about .5 decision-making, getting off the ball quick, making a quick decision, whether that's Steph Curry, whether that's me, you just have to make quick decisions, just knowing who to locate, how to set good screens, just being a complete offensive team player. This kid's smart. He's ready to go. Good Lord. We want to talk about Golden State. Ooh, you're so lucky. You steal players like Andrew Wiggins. But they just keep finding these little uncut jobs, these little needles in the haystacks. And, and like at a certain point, you're not lucky. You're just good. That's why Joe Lacob's annoying ass keeps saying that they're light years ahead of everyone else. It's like I can't really shade him because they just continue to do the same thing over and over again, and other teams continue to pass on guys that they have no ability to develop. That is a skill. Jerry West said, finding value in the late first round is what separates good teams from great teams. So let's let Patrick Baldwin Jr. sum out how his rookie year might go. He said, once I figure out the speed of the game, the pace of the game, defensive concepts, offensive concepts, I think that's when I'm going to start to take off. The quicker I can study in the film room and learn from some of the great players I'm going to be playing with, I think the better I'm going to be off in the future. That's why you got to put money on them, because at least if they win, you get richer as a result. Always playing chess while the rest of the league is playing checkers.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: So we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the importance and the excitement of this summer of the Pro-Am. You've got the Crossover, you've got Drew League, you've got Peach Jam. I know that's high school, but it doesn't matter. You've got a bunch of these popping up all over the country. And it brings together all these elite NBA players and it gives local communities a chance to see these players up close and personal when they probably would never see them in an NBA game. And if they did, they'd be in the nosebleed because of how expensive these tickets cost. Which is why this news sucks so bad. Chet Holmgren looks like he might have some ligament damage to his foot. In the first quarter of the crossover game in Seattle, with a bevy of NBA stars including LeBron, Jason Tatum, DeJounte Murray, Paolo Bancaro, and Chet Holmgren, Braun took an outlet pass, came barreling down the court, as he does, like a train, and Chet Holmgren stood in his way. Good for Chet, by the way. Just getting in the way of LeBron James, 19 years old, as big as a stick literally like a twig, going up against a freight train. Anyway, he decides to put his body between LeBron and the basket. He made a nice little defensive play, made LeBron James miss, and then landed awkwardly on his ankle and poof, night over. Didn't look like it was too bad. Turns out, though, news comes out today, and the reports are that he has, quote, potential torn ligaments in his foot, the timetable is now being developed to further evaluate the injury. That is terrible. Terrible for Chet. Worse for the pro Proams Pro-ams are now under attack. People are coming out of the woodworks being like, yes, we should never let these guys play in these unsanctioned tournaments of the games that they already play for a living. So the same game had issues from the beginning with humidity possibly from so many people jamming the inside of the gym, had to be stopped multiple times because the court was too slippery. Play was ultimately suspended in the second quarter. They basically canceled it because of, quote, unsafe conditions stemming from the condensation on the floorboards. What a janky-ass Seattle gym. Like, this is why we hate Seattle. I don't really, but as a Portland person, you just hate everything about them. And my worst fears, like I said, are already being realized. The tweet from Charles Robinson, senior reporter from Yahoo Sports. The warning shot. Quote After this Chet Holmgren injury diagnosis, hashtag NBA teams, he's hashtagging the NBA? Charles. Charles. Let's start again. After this Chet Holmgren injury diagnosis, hashtag NBA teams would be insane to let any player screw around and participating in the pro-am. I don't understand how this wasn't already a given. Charles, these grown men make their own decisions in the summer. So, I don't know if you can necessarily try to say this should have already been sanctioned. The Drew League's been going on since the 1970s. Folks, like this has been. You're just now aware of the proams. Like I said, the proams are incredible. They make superstars from Kevin Durant to LeBron to DeRozan accessible to communities, mostly inner city communities that simply cannot afford and will not ever pay to see them in person. And if they do, it's an event. This was what I thought was the beginning of something really special, which is the summer of the pro-am, where maybe in the off season we'll have people go around like the Harlem Globetrotters from city to city, playing in elite pro-ams and seeing guys for $5, right? Get your Gatorade, you go and sit in an undersized, oversized, over-sweaty gym, and you watch LeBron James give Chet Holmgren buckets. And now people think that we should be banning players from playing in them due to injury risk. This is the player empowerment era. This is not something that I think is going to go anywhere, but I think it's something at least to note. If DeMar DeRozan wants to play in the Drew League, he's playing in the Drew League. He's played every single year during his career. He's going to play unless he is contractually forbidden to do it. And that would also then mean, okay, well, what about all these little lifetime fitness pickup games that we see with pure sweat and... You know Drew Hanlon and all these things that we see on Instagram, where it's like, oh, Carmelo and his hoodie was given so and so the business. Like then that couldn't happen either, right? Those games also not able because they are also have the same height heightened amount of injury risk. Every scrimmage would be off. Every single one. Don't think it would be very easy to enforce, truthfully. This would be like the Prohibition era where there was like <laughs> speakeasies. They're like pro-am speakeasies. Like, hey, LeBron's coming through tomorrow at the YMCA in Columbus, Ohio. Like, be there, or be square. Like, you have to have the password to get in. There's no phones allowed. It's like Dave Chappelle show or you put him in a little, like, envelope and it locks shut to, to avoid the And then it's like, oh, DeJounte Murray – Tour is MCL. How do you do that? Uh, Walk into the store. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, so I think that's probably impossible to litigate, but it is going to put the Pro-Am under a microscope. And I think anytime we get to a point where players at some point are going to make 80, 90, maybe $100 million a year, NBA teams are going to find a way or are going to try to find a way to preserve their golden goose, to put it in a little glass case until they can bring it out and show their friends. You can't play in any pro-ams. You can only play for me. Hopefully, Chet will be fine. Nothing's going to come of this. But the fact that that's where the journalists' minds immediately went, it's troubling. Charles Robinson, allow the fun to go down. Pro-ams are lit. We need more of them, not more scrutiny.
1: Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Final segment in some news that isn't really news, but might someday become news. The Chicago Bulls have expressed serious interest in Kostas Antetokounmpo, the youngest brother of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Kostas had a nice year playing in Europe. He's now spending time with his brothers on the Greek national team. My question is this. Why would Chicago do that? Think about that for a second. Why would they do that? I wonder. Probably has nothing to do with the fact that a couple of weeks ago, Giannis had a sit-down, dead serious reply to a question about just the Bulls as a historic franchise. He says, I think anybody who is asked that question that plays basketball, if he said no to wanting to play for the Bulls, He'd be a liar. That team won multiple championships. It's the team that has one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player to ever play the game. It's a no-brainer. Everybody would love to play for Chicago. Down the line, you never know. Maybe I play for Chicago. Maybe I play for Chicago? I mean, this is just the shadiest thing that Chicago could ever do. They're like, someone call that Costas brother. Who's the least relevant onto Tecumpo? Who is the most easily swayable to be a Chicago Bulls? It's a forty-five minute drive from Milwaukee. Giannis can come drive over to see Costas. Maybe he can also sit down and hang out with Billy Donovan. I don't know. Maybe he can meet Kobe White. See some of the fellas. Come check out the UC. Deep down, like from an insider's perspective, get him some player passes, come hang out. Come on. No one is a bigger family man than Giannis. Giannis is the guy who also said, if I could play with all of my brothers for the Los Angeles Lakers, I would. He's one of the most loyal guys that there is. So if Chicago builds a home and a dynasty for all of his brothers and they're willing to just pay them the bag, Giannis just might... Leave cheese for uh, Michael Jordan's Steakhouse. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode featuring a long-awaited interview with Toronto Raptors coach Nick Nurse. I'm also taking a vacation at some point in September, so you will get uh, the final portion of the Jerry West interview that week. Um, if you haven't checked out the first two episodes, the first two parts of the Jerry West uh, interview, please do. It's up on the Heat Check feed. They're awesome. He was really insightful. And we're going to get you ready for the 22-23 NBA season. Please do not forget to download. Please subscribe. Please tell all your friends, every single one of them.